You're listening to The Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vaughn. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. In some ways, having such power was too overwhelming, I think. This was a power that would take millennia to understand. Remaking the world would have been easy had one been familiar with the power. Yet, I realized the danger inherent to in my arrogance. Like a child suddenly given awesome strength, I could have pushed too hard and left the world a broken toy I could never repair. This is actually what happened to Rashik, I believe. He pushed too hard. He tried to burn away the mist by moving the planet closer to the sun, but he moved it too far, making the world far too hot for people who inhabited it. The ash mounts were his solution to this. He learned that shoving a planet around required too much precision, so instead, he caused the mountains to erupt, spewing ash and smoke into the air. The thicker atmosphere made the world cooler and turned the sun red. Ah! <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> We've been wondering why this guy, oh, the planet looks so weird. We're going to get, like, you know... We're going to talk about the future a little bit here. Not super, <laughs> like, it's not a spoiler, but we are going to get the backstory of why the planet is weird. Ultimately, right? He moved the planet, and that's why the sun had to be blotted out so, by ash. So from, from our understanding, right, these epigraphs, they're just discussing Rashik's like point of view, essentially, right? Is it, I mean, so we're discussing, you know, when he took up the power, Ben had talked about how she was going to be, she's like a god. And he literally moved the planet, screwed up, and so had to make the ash mounts, which is why the ash falls all the time. That's the thing, right? Rashik, Rashik, whatever he did, he didn't ultimately defeat the deepness, the deepness being the mist, right? Or there's discussion that was the deepness ruined instead. But in this case, it was specifically stated Rashik moved the planet to evaporate the mist and then ultimately put it too close to the sun. And had to use the ash mounts to spew it into the air to keep the planet cool. I mean, is, is it so the, super volcanoes? <laughs> this is why Hero of Ages is such a huge payoff because we we heard about this and we're like, oh, this is just the world we live in. I mean, this is just the way it is or whatever. But then finding out, like, oh, wait, maybe it wasn't like that the all the time. The world used to have plants, green, and flowers. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, yeah, actually, there's an explanation for all of that. That's what Hero of Ages is like, that hair standing up thing the whole time. We were on Reddit, I remember, and I I came by a thread that uh, that discussed this and was just like, guys, is there any world building explanation to why these people are just like, can you yes. live in this? And like, please just tell me. And someone's like, yes, read and find out. <laughs> yes. I know. Somebody was sitting here is like, this doesn't make any sense. How could they possibly? Yes, there is an explanation. <laughs> Yeah, very much. You okay. you were guilty of that too. <laughs> I, was. I need to know why this is that way. All right. So great. And I did more work for editing for us to do our <laughs> summary episodes. But chapter three. Uh here we go. So we have Ellen's point of view, and he's charging because his whole idea is the Coloss literally cannot understand why an outnumbered force of small humans is charging them. And he's he's literally like, We're gonna use that to our advantage. And they start slaughtering the Coloss. Like they are like straight up hardcore winning. I want to say it talks at some point that it mentions that they were able to like slaughter, you know, I think this is in a future chapter, but not really a spoiler here. It mentions that they were able to like 
kill like 500 coloss i think before they even like you know reacted essentially so awesome play uh by this and we get a little bit of uh information here that I think we knew already from all of Ascension, but if not, it is kind of new that uh, the Coloss keep growing, but their skin doesn't. So like when they're small creatures, they have all this extra flabby skin, but like as they grow, their skin never grows with them. So they just kind of grow into it into a point where they get so big that it starts to rip and tear away from their body, which I thought was super interesting. It explained like why they looked so freaky and why the big ones were so freaking uh, like, like bloodied all the time and had like exposed muscle and everything. So, uh, but yeah, um, anyway, uh, Vin's, Vin, Ellen's thinking about his allomantic abilities. And he mentions that Vin was like, you are unusually strong for an allomancer, like way too strong. And he's like, Ellen can affect way more people than he should be able to. And, you know, he, Ellen's like, you know, this kind of would make sense because they believe that Ellen got his powers from what would be the original source of allomancy in the beginning. So whatever that thing was that bead of metal that he ate it was the they, they believe it to be the original source of where allomancy came from and so if we remember let's think back to what how Tensoon talked to vin about how the allomancers of old were incredibly powerful so this all tracks this all tracks but uh yeah ellen mentions that the coloss are being manipulated and controlled by someone else you know you mentioned in the last episode well we can control coloss why why aren't they controlling coloss you know well, here's why. They're being manipulated by someone else. And when Ellen is trying to assault them, because when the odds are turned against them, basically they start to like mentally break the Coloss. And when that happens, there's a chance that Ellen's going to be able to steal control uh, from whoever this person is controlling these things. And Ellen's like, you know, this is going badly. They're starting to fight back, and now we're starting to lose. And there's a speck in the air, and Fatrin's like, Fatrin's like, what is that? And he's like, oh, that's that's the first of the second of the armies I brought you. And bam, Vin arrives, and we get Vin's point of view. And I just wrote very cool Vin fight scene, because I'm not going to try, <laughs> try to do that and, and revamp all of that. But, uh, but the thing is, what I mentioned is that she came in with a bunch of horseshoes, because she mm-hmm. learned how to do that in Will of Ascension. So. Yep. But we get this moment where we get the confirmation of the timeline. No, we said last episode it's been a year since the the Siege of Luthdale, which is correct. It's been three years since the fall of the Lord Ruler, which every book basically skipped a year. Mm -hmm. Lord Ruler died, we skipped a year, you know. Well, if Ascension ends, we skipped a year, etc. So, Vin has found inner peace. We get this intense moment of her fighting and thinking about everything and how she's like i am the knife i'm ellen's knife we're both the knives and we our job is to serve the empire essentially um and she mentioned something interesting the coolos could feel fear that's what's actually breaking them they could not understand why the small a small person or a small anything could beat a big coloss you know like you said why doesn't big coloss simply eat small coloss mm-hmm. they just couldn't understand it but vin points out they are actually able to feel fear. It's just whatever makes them coloss doesn't allow them to act on fear. That's it. And so she ends up killing the biggest coloss she's ever seen at like 13 feet tall. And that broke them. And Ellen was able to grab control of a chunk of the coloss. And she's like, perfect. And we learned that the whole reason they're doing this is because they need to bait out the person controlling them. Incoming Steel Inquisitor. 
So they're back. The Steel Inquisitors are back. And Vin engages the Steel Inquisitor. And we learn that she's burning a new metal. What's that new metal? Electrum. What does it do? It shows the opposite of what gold would do. So it shows her potential futures, which... Why uh, is that important? Which means that ATM can't be... She's immune to ATM. She Now her shadows will scatter just like she would do with ATM. Exactly. She can't see the future, but the other person... Can't track her. Can't track her. So we learned that there is now a way to counter ATM. There has always been a way to counter ATM. Poor man's ATM. Poor man's ATM. Yeah, that's what they call it. But here we go. It's a compliment of gold, is what she says. But uh, the Steel Inquisitor, uh, she goes to fight the Steel Inquisitor, and she gets ends up getting behind the Steel Inquisitor and rips the cloak off. She's trying to go for the weak spot and pull the spike out. And the Steel Inquisitors are now Goombas with these like turtle shells and things. You know, they have like a big thing of armor basically around that spike in the back that's going to prevent her from grabbing and she's like well looks like we got to do this the hard way we got to cut its head off and that's what they try to go about doing so they mention uh ellen ends up joining the fight and vin immediately points out and goes the steel inquisitor tried to push on ellen and she goes in her mind bad move bucko Ellen's way more powerful than he should be. And we see that Ellen, even though they were completely equal, is able to throw the Steel Inquisitor back by himself, even though it should have been an equal push and they both should have went flying. And uh, the Steel Inquisitor is not happy. But while they're fighting, Vin goes to engage the Steel Inquisitor and the Steel Inquisitor moves so fast, way faster than pewter control. And, you know, I'm just going to say something. Moved kind of fast like Sazen. And Vin's like, watch out. And Ellen ends up like, you know, he ends up going to stab Ellen as, uh, what was it? Was Ellen trying to pull control? Ellen was doing something. I couldn't remember what he was doing. But he goes out to try to stab Ellen. But the big point here is he tri- pulls out a, a spike. spike and tries to stab Ellen in the back with it. And Vin ends up grabbing control of a coloss nearby. And the coloss slams his sword into the Steel Inquisitor's head and literally just crushes it like a melon. And that was good enough. That was good enough. And with that, Ellen's able to take complete control over the thousands of Coloss that are fighting. Uh, which, again, what the heck? Vin couldn't even do that. Vin was taking them piece by piece. Ellen just went, yeah, entire 10,000, you know, a little bit less than that at this point. Coloss army, wham, got them all. That's the end of chapter three. So chapter four, right? We get Sazed's point of view. The boy is back, but the boy is broken. Mm-hmm. It's not looking good. Sazed's going through religions and basic and through his metal mines, and he's basically marking them off as trying to find one that's real. And this is kind of heartbreaking because this is coming from the man who, in the first two books, the entire time was rid- not ridiculing, is getting on to people who ridicule religion, saying that every religion deserves respect and belief from someone because someone's going to believe it. And he's going through basically tearing them apart scholar-wise, saying, mm, contradicts itself, this religion's bad. This religion's bad. And it's just marking them off. And we learn why. He wants to know what happened to Tendul after she died. That's the reason why he's doing this. But Says and Breeze have come to Lee Cal City. Yeah, you heard that right. Jasty's Lecal, Lee Cal City. Apparently his uncle basically controls a shanty town. But it's called Lee Cal City. And they came to conquer by pen and get and pull them into the the essentially pull them into the Empire without killing them. Because even though it's strategically 
uh, inert when it comes to resources. It's placements what makes it dangerous. It's on the inside of the Empire. They don't need a rebellion sprouting up uh, this close to Luthadel. But Breeze and Ellen just kind of just, or Breeze and Ellen, sorry. Breeze and Sazed just kind of discuss, you know, Sazed's time. He, he He's known as the, the chief ambassador of the Empire. And he's like, I should be leading the terrorist people, but I'm never going to lie to them again. You know, he he's, from what we understand, he might be the last keeper, you know, with 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 the attack on the terrorist people by the Steel Inquisitors in Well of Ascension. But uh, Sazed stopped wearing his metal mines, and Breeze is trying to tell him, like, it's going to get better, because Breeze, at the end of Well of Ascension, was a broken man. And he thanks Sazed, hey, you know, I need to thank you for pulling me out of this, because he came out of his, essentially, depression slash PTSD of what he saw happen to everyone during the siege. And he's trying to tell Sazed, you know, that can happen. Uh, you know, and that's going to happen for you. But Sazed's like, yeah, whatever. And kind of, they kind of let it go. And Sazed tells himself, you know, that he no longer believes, or tells tells Breeze too, that he no longer believes in any religions. He's just not going to let it happen anymore. And Breeze is like, no, Sazed, you don't understand. You're going to get through this. You were always the best of us because you were the only one of us who believed in anything other than Kelsier. And uh, with that thanking him for helping him, we get that Lucal signed the treaty. And that's the end of uh, chapter four. All fronts. Like, you know, this is a lot less exciting because swords aren't being swung around here, but all fronts. Breeze and Sazed, where Ellen isn't conquering with the sword, Breeze and Sazed are conquering with the pen. And, I mean... Sazed's, you know, this is a continuation from where he was in Well of Ascension. Yeah, even at the very end, he said he would never have faith again or something mm-hmm. like that. And his whole thing is he's going through each of his sets of his religions that he knows, and he's trying to pick apart just the inconsistencies of them. Um, because he wants to have answers for why and what happened with Tyndall. Um this is going to be a heavy, you know, line to follow um, because we're going to see. We definitely had when we first started this podcast. We had talked about how we were going to um, discuss things like the mental health in the Cosmere and how Brandon talks about it. And this is like one of the first, like Sazed, really like dealing with this kind of stuff. Um, actually, Breeze, you know, he skirts over it. But it was the same thing. Um, he was shook, and he talked about how he probably wouldn't have gotten through it without, you know, what they what they, uh, what Sazed did when it helped him out because he was just shell shocked essentially. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be it's gonna be um, it's gonna be an interesting one to follow. The uh, bigger things, or the kind of like the more you know immediate things, were talking about uh, Ellen and Vin. Um, Going out, and I mentioned earlier how they didn't, they hadn't had control of the Colossus. Uh, and then we find out why, because there was a Steel Inquisitor that was t- controlling it, which makes perfect sense. I mean, the Steel Inquisitors were basically completely absent from Well of Ascension, uh, except for when Marsh got a shout out, you know, in the later parts of it. Um, well, first he brought him, he, he showed up, disappeared showed up at the end, but he was also shouted out as like, they spotted a Steel Inquisitor here, and then they never followed up on that. One thing I want to point out here, though, which could have been pointed out last episode that I kind of want to talk about, uh, 
that I just thought about was we're talking about how, you know, March, March brought Sazed back and sent him on his way to Lufidel. And here's what I'm curious about when he did that. Okay. How much in control was he? It makes sense that it would have been, he may have been uh, pushed to, you know, get Sazed to go do that. Did he get pushed to do that because, um, did he get pushed to do that because, uh, Ruin would have wanted Sazed dead? But here's the thing. If, if he would have never showed up, they would have never gotten the rubbing at all. And they wouldn't have known about the. So I like to think that Marsh was still in his head, his own head enough that that was him trying to get Sazed where he needed to be to help the group. Uh, with, with studying and such uh, and then we get to see like you said we got to see at the end of Well of Ascension where March looked like he was I don't know why you have to die I just know you need to die I don't know why I don't know why but he was still kind of in control of his action just heavily influenced then we see Marsh completely controlled now and we're seeing that like if it's with him we can assume that whatever you know this ruin that has escaped is controlling the Steel Inquisitors the same way Right. And indirectly controlling the Coloss. Yeah. And so from what I can say, we can, at least from what we can tell so far, the Coloss still need something, someone to help control them. So the once the Inquisitor goes away, Ellen is able to take control of the Coloss. Mm-hmm. We get to see, you know, Ellen is super strong um, or like really stronger than what we, what you would normally expect. Um and this is Vin saying this. Vin points out that Ellen's stronger alimentically than she is. She's just more skilled. Right. And uh, we get this, you know, really interesting fight scene with uh, with a Seal Inquisitor, which, one, you know, reminds us, like, these are really strong guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kelsier, they, everyone was surprised that they, that they were able to kill him. But not just that. Um, now they have this covering that is protecting their spike. Um, which Vin says the Lord Ruler must have held that back, must have prevented them from not allowed to that, have that, yeah. Um, in order to make sure that they could constantly be controlled. And so it makes you wonder what else did the Lord Ruler hold back on? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit well, much. <laughs> because, well, because I mean, we, we've never, like, Vin points out, like, the Steel Inquisitor was really, really fast. And, understand like she's faced a few steel inquisitors by this point like you know when in air in final empire um she had at least three or four different ones that she had to fight with kelsier mm-hmm. um and then we had marsh which you know marsh probably would have shown something some evidence of you know what a steel inquisitor can and can't do and so she's commenting like this little inquisitor is different, like like did something strange that she's not seen before. Um, so you know, worth looking into, looking into in the future. But like we said, all gas, no breaks. All gas, no breaks. We're probably going to continue on here because I think we already did our little bit of nerding out about the, the epigraphs here. So you know, uh, go ahead and join us for the next episode where we got to we get to see Ellen and Vin and what they are doing with these conquered people they're bringing in under the Empire. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, 
Our sentience depends on you.